Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. A very festive welcome. Hashtag Elfie. Elfie. On the hat of one Chris Halleck today. Looking good, <laughs> man. <laughs> Uh, listen, uh, Christmas is, uh, only what, what, what's today's day? The 15th, 10 days away, 10 days, yep. 10 days away. Um, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the Christmas spirit today. There you go. Um, today is the first day of my kids winter break. So, uh, Christmas movies are playing nonstop. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling the Christmas spirit. So very spirited. Today. There we go. Very good. Very, <laughs> very good. And now he gets up until what, like January 3rd or whatever it is with your kids now? Uh, Jan- J- January 3rd is the day that they go back. Yeah. So, nice. yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah. Elfie Chris. There we well, go. Take an Elfie. For those listening, audio only, Chris has a baseball cap on with a pom pom on the top, a white pom pom, and the elf ears sticking out, you know, <laughs> of the brim. And, and I can't, can't. And he's got a T-shirt on that is a very nice T-shirt there. Festive uh, Ted Lasso believe ugly Christmas sweater T-shirt. Nicely done, nicely done. Hodge says early Christmas present tomorrow. Steelers W. All right. Stella comes in two dollar contribution. If I need to dress hat. weird to get some money, I mean, <laughs> whoa, if- whoa, 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 whoa! This is not the <laughs> website for that, pal. A different website. That's a different. That's a different medium right there. Oh, an early Christmas present it would be for Steeler Nation if the Steelers were able to pull off a win tomorrow in yeah. Indianapolis against the Colts. Four thirty kickoff on NFL Network, and I believe it's broadcast locally too. I can't remember if it's uh, KDKA or um, you know one of the locals or uh, TAE or PX. I can't remember, but anyway. It'll be it's, in our li- it'll be in our live file tomorrow for sure. There is a uh, there is a game by the way before Christmas still to be played the twenty third when the Steelers mm-hmm. uh, host the Bengals. So uh, maybe one or two Christmas gifts. But one thing that Steeler fans are not hoping for is that lump of coal in the form of a loss. And yeah, this week's game, as we have talked about all throughout the course of the weekdays, yeah. it's massive in terms of the implications for. The AFC playoffs. Now, obviously, the Steelers and Colts both at seven and six. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a conference win is at stake when it comes to the tiebreakers. Yep. Those are massive. And, and just to lay it out briefly, if the Steelers lose this game, the Colts and the Texans would have the tiebreakers over them. Yep. So for postseason jockeying and for, you know, three weeks from down the road or four weeks from down the road when 
the Steelers wrap up in Baltimore to end the season. This game is going to reflect one way or another in a massive, massive way, which is why we asked the question, is Saturday truly do or die for these Steelers? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really do believe it is. I mean, when you look at the teams that are in, in, the, in the mix there, um, listen, I mean, all the teams that are 7-6 and six right now, you have the Steelers, the Colts, the Texans, the Broncos, the Bengals, and the Bills. Um, obviously, the Steelers play the play the Bengals, and and that's a that's a big one because you know they, they kind of need to win that one too just to stay ahead of them. The Bills, even though they're seven and six, um, I still think they're a dangerous team. When you have Josh Allen, who can turn it on at any moment and kind of take over a game, um. You, you can't dismiss that, right? Um, the Broncos are playing a tough brand of football right now. They started off terribly, um, but they're playing a tough brand of football. And so the, the the biggest thing here is, regardless of what all the other situations are, the Steelers are in a situation right now that they weren't in last year, and that is they are in control of their own de- of their own destiny or fate or whatever you want to whatever word you want to put on there um mm-hmm. if they went out now granted that's a far from a guarantee but if they went out they're in the playoffs no matter what because yeah. they cannot fall to any worse than they are right now regardless of what all the other teams do if all those other seven and six teams now obviously it's impossible because the Steelers play the Colts and they play the Bengals so those teams wouldn't be the same record but let's just say hypothetically they didn't if the Steelers and all those other seven and six teams finish with the same record right now the Steelers would have the ultimate tiebreaker over all of them yes so ultimate control and that is why a game like this against the Colts and the game next week on Christmas Eve Eve against the Bengals are the two biggest games because these are they're both against two of these other teams that are right there in that same mix that the Steelers are trying to to hold an advantage over. Three out of the last four games are against AFC opponents. Obviously, the final game of the year yep. in Baltimore, and for the Ravens. That could mean one of many things. Number one, it could mean locking up the one seed in the AFC, mm-hmm. which that's the only buy. That's a massive deal. Number two, it can also mean, it in effect, locking up the AFC North, depending on the rest of what happens in these last three weeks. So, And it also contingents on, uh, as far as what happens with Baltimore, it also hinges on what happens with the rest of the AFC, namely Kansas City yep. and Miami. So there's there's implications on every team in the AFC now going throughout yeah. and for the Steelers sake, again, you mentioned it right there with, you know, getting the conference win, getting the division win and back-to-back weeks would, would set them up very, very it, well. Very well. You could probably even afford to, to lose the game in Seattle and still probably end up clinching one of those three wild card spots. Now that probably. being said, now that being of, said yeah. we're looking way far ahead with that. Yep. For you sure. know, this week and and many players from within the locker room this week have said it. This is playoffs right now. Yep. This is win now. This is we got to go now. And that's why, you know, last week when Atlanta Roberts, it was thought like, why would he play on a short week injured? It's because now they have to win now. Yep. There's no waiting. There's no more wait till the end of the season. Wait for long term stuff. They have to go now. Mm-hmm. And which is why it, it's so 
frustrating to have to talk about an offense that's been lagging all year. That's been one of the worst in the NFL all year that has no, I guess, way of improving. And then, and then you look at the defense that's been gashed on all three levels at different points of the season. So like this, this season has been so filled with, with twists and turns, but at the same time, they're still in a good position. If they could take care of a win on Saturday, then you're in a good spot. Now, I don't think the Steelers can win Saturday and lose out and still make the postseason. I still think with everything that it sits right now, it's got to take 10 wins to get in. Yep. And, yeah. and, and from that point, it would not only absolve some of those tiebreakers, but it would mm-hmm. also give the Steelers an advantage. So if they could finish three and one, mm-hmm. that's the ideal circumstance to me. If they finish two and two, they're on the fringe. And depending on who the losses are, I don't know that yeah. that's the amb- that's the ambiguity of the situation. If they go one and three to end the year or worse, mm-hmm. forget it. Yeah, forget it. I mean, eight wins is not going to get you in this year. It, it just simply is not. And, and we said this from the start of the year, like 10, maybe 11 was the cutoff in the AFC. It's a really deep AFC. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at what's around the rest of the, the Steelers with respect to the AFC. Like any of these, any of these teams, when it comes to the Steelers, the Colts, the Texans, the Bengals, the Bills, any of those teams can get in very easily. Yep. And, and our, if I remember correctly, the Colts play the Texans again. Um, obviously the Bengals play the Steelers again. There, there's interdivision, interconference matchups that still have to play out that don't involve the Steelers. But getting a win on Saturday would set the Steelers up so nicely, and now we just have to find a, t- a way to talk about how are they going to do it? How are they going to do this on Saturday? Without Kenny Pickett again, Mitch Trubisky getting a, in Mike Tomlin's words, full week of in-helmet reps, which is apparently a big thing right now for, for a guy in his, what, seventh year, eighth year? Yeah. Um, <laughs> sixth year, whatever it is. Um, apparently that's a big deal now, getting Mitch Trubisky in-helmet in reps this week. Yeah. But, like, how do they find a way? How do they do this when over the last two games against the Cardinals and the Patriots – they couldn't squeak points out. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take it's gonna take a, a, a full effort from both the players and from the coaches. Um, you know, the the, the coaches. You know, I, I'm looking at whenever I'm looking, and my next opponent piece on the Colts is going to be coming out very shortly after uh, after we get off the show. Uh, it's all written up, ready to go. I just got to get some other minor minor things done on it, and, and it'll be ready to go. So you'll kind of see in there. There's another ma- like a couple of favorable matchups in this game for the Steelers. Um, the Colts uh, are, <clears throat> you know, opposing quarterbacks are getting the ball out fast against the Colts, and they have to because the Colts are really good about at getting after the quarterback. That's right. Yep. And when Mitch Trubisky gets rid of the ball in less than two and a half seconds, he's actually pretty good. I mean, the numbers are there. I mean, the numbers are pretty good, and I'll let you see them whenever I, whenever I, th- that piece goes up on, up on the site here, uh, uh, you know, shortly. He's actually pretty good when he gets the ball out quick. It's not amazing. It's not like, a, I mean, it's like 6.3 yards per attempt. It's not anything like earth shattering, but it's a num- multiple touchdowns and no interceptions. It's a good completion percentage. It, it's numbers that you want to see from a quarter, from, from a backup quarterback like good numbers from a backup quarterback. Um, when he holds on to the ball, he's terrible. And if he is forced to hold on to the football in this game, he's not going to get anything done. Mm-hmm. 
So the Steelers need to go in knowing we have to find ways to call passing concepts that are going to be able to let Mitch get rid of the ball quickly, but also test the Colts secondary. Uh, because you can't play into playing, you know, let's play shallow cross and mesh all, all game long. You can't do that. You know, you have to find ways to mix it up. And the Colts aren't very good against the run. They're allowing 131 over more than 131 yards per game on the ground. Try to run the football on them. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of different matchups there that can be exploited. How are they going to do that? And if the coaches do have a good game plan, can the players execute them? And those are questions that we have not seen answered consistently all season long. Sometimes the game plan looks good and then the players don't execute. Sometimes the game plan's crap and the players have to make up for it. Yep. Um I mean like I think about like certain you know situations where they went out very first play against Jacksonville. Perfect play call right away and Pickett puts one a little bit too high and but it hits Deontay and both hands and he can't come down with it. You know that that's that's a that's a that's a <laughs> nice hat. Yeah, I appreciate it, Robert. Um, nice yeah, but I mean, they're compliments all day long. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> gotta 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 share some joy, man, because there's a lot of reasons to be. And you know, I'm seeing some comments, you know, being like, listen, you know, I think we'd be better off talking about who the head coach and OC or quarterback's going to be next year. Like, listen, like as as for as much as it feels like the sky is falling here, could be worse. It could be the Chargers right now. Woo, GM and head coach Gonzo. Uh, I mean, yeah. you you could. I mean, Woo. for as bad as the Steelers are, and for as for as long as the list is when it comes to why the Steelers are not a good football team right now, it doesn't mean that they're the worst team in the league. Right? Yeah, they've lost back to back games to two and ten teams, and yeah, that's really really terrible. It's bad, and I think it's revealed just how bad or just how how much this team is underachieving for the position, you know, like for the players that you have on the roster for who your head coach is, you know, and, and his, and his resume that he, that he has yep. um, for all of the, the, the expe- for all the expectations, the Steelers are horribly underachieving, but it could be a lot worse. Sorry. It could be Sorry. a lot worse. B Phil says it's Canada's scheme. I think it's Canada's system, but now Faulkner and Sullivan are scheming it per se. Yeah. They're finding ways to get creative based off of that. And when you're running this system, this is what you get. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. This isn't an offense that benefits anybody. That's the bottom line of it. And, and we've said that ad nauseum by this point. Yeah. And Mark says, how soon can we forget that anemic offense put 21 on our defense? Now that's obviously the Patriots putting up 21 on the Steelers on Thursday. Yeah. And, we're not absolving the defense of doing anything right either. Now nope. they haven't done much right. Um, I mean, Chris Hoke took liberty in in shredding Mika Fitzpatrick for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, the guy that's missed what four games that uh, that has a broken hand that's wearing a, a club on his left hand right now. Yeah. Like defense is not absolved from anything by any stretch. And and Chris and I talked about this a few shows ago about evaluating Terrell Austin and finding a way to you know, double check basically what he's been doing and what he's done and what he's worked with. Now, again, it's easy to sit here and say, you know, he's handicapped by the linebacker situation, which he is. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, Watt at least has not been healthy all year. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say all year, but for the majority of the year. I mean, let's be honest. He's getting doubled. He's getting chipped. He's getting 
thrown down. Now he now he's in the concussion protocol, recovering from that. He's out of the concussion protocol. Um, you know, was dealing with all that. Alex Highsmith just got out of the concussion protocol. So like, there's a lot of injuries on this defense too. To that we can't ignore. Cam Hayward obviously missed half the season. So yeah, like recovering from that in and of itself is tough. That being said, they've allowed a lot of yards, but not a lot of points. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that I think could come into play here against the Colts, where the Colts don't really get much of either. And now they don't have Jonathan Taylor and they're going with Gardner Minshew, a quarterback. Now I think Minshew's pretty deep, closer to average, way closer to average than Mitch Trubisky is. I'll put it that way. I think, I think the Colts have the quarterback advantage here in this game. I yeah. think they have, the, I think they have plenty of advantages in this game, but that being said, like, I think there's ways to expose the Colts as well. I think there's a way to run the football on them, which they completely got away from over the last, or at least in the Patriots game. I I Mm -hmm. have to double check the Cardinals results. I mean, the Cardinals, they definitely didn't run the ball nearly enough. Patriots, I didn't expect them to run the ball because the Patriots are arguably the best in the league against the run, regardless of where they rank. I mean, their their yards per carry against is, was ridiculous. It was the best in the NFL. Um, They have a, they have a good a good argument for being the best run defense in the NFL. So I didn't expect the Steelers to run the ball against the Patriots. I expected them to do that against the Cardinals, and they didn't. Uh, not only uh, – I mean, and that was mainly the game plan. They just – if there was ever – like I, I've said it before, but if there was ever a game plan in which they needed to run on first down, run on second down, and then do what you need to do on third down, that was the game to do it. Yeah. Because that, that defense hasn't been able to stop anybody from running the football. Um, this is another situation now. It doesn't need to be that blatant when it comes to establishing the run, but there are yards to be had against the Colts on the ground. How can you do that? And when you do run the football, how can you, or when you do, I'm sorry, when you do throw the football, how can you call, you know, how can you scheme your guys open so that Mitch can get rid of the ball quickly so that he doesn't have to sit back there and get pounded by the, by Indianapolis's pass rush. Because they 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 will get after him if he hold, if he holds onto the ball too long, so go back go and look at what Jake Browning and the Bengals did against him last week. How about that? Try to replicate that, you know. And that's something that I think the, that's been lacking from the Steelers for a long time is that they don't want to try to do what other teams do against it. They want to do things their way, and that's that's a stubborn way of doing things. Um, if the Bengals kind of gave you the formula of how to beat this Colts defense, should they put up 34 points against him with Jake Browning? Yeah. Now, I think more highly of Jake Browning. I think a lot of people do. But at the end of the day, he's still not a starting quarterback. When all when all quarterbacks are healthy, he's not one of the 32 best in the, in the NFL. No. Nope. So it's still a guy that's still a backup that did that against this defense. Now, yeah, and that's where that's where you get into the coaching, the scheming, and all this kind of stuff. And we will have those conversations when it comes to who the next OC of the Steelers should be. But for right now, it is about because the Steelers, like I said, if the season were to end today, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, yep. Regardless of how you feel about it, that's just the way it is. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hodge uh, asked, is DeForest Buckner in or questionable? He does not have an injury designation, although he did not practice yeah. on Thursday with a back injury. It was so, weird. He was a full participant Tuesday, then he was limited Wednesday, and then he didn't practice Thursday. Yep. But he doesn't have an injury designation. So it, it is something to kind of watch going mm-hmm. into this game. I, I'm, I'm really curious about it. Sure. Um, Brent asks, do you think Tomlin will add more coaches to the tree? Could some of the problem be not enough eyes or teaching going on? Coaches possibly overworked. I don't think as long as Mike Tomlin's here, he's going to hire more to his staff. I, I think he's content mm-hmm. with the with the numbers and with the amount of people that are on the staff. And it's just about allocating the right duties. Like, yeah. I, I think I think there's some position coaches that probably need sw- swapped out, some assistants that need swapped out. Um, obviously, they need a new offensive coordinator and yes. maybe a defensive coordinator. Um, so it depends on the change. It depends on just how much changes really in the off season. I think I'm, it's 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 un, it's it's not impossible. It's really hard to say right now how much is going to change in the off season. Yeah, I, I think it's you know when it comes to the way Tomlin puts his staff together, I think if there are situations that where he thinks it would be you know advantageous to hire a guy that maybe he wouldn't hire before, for example, when Brian Flores became available, yep, I'm gonna find room to put him on my staff, like, and he did like like it was like well, I will create a position to have a guy of that caliber on my staff, and. That, that I think, is what Tomlin is willing to do. When it comes to the offensive coordinator hire, um, that's a completely different story because it depends on, first off, who he hires. And then that OC might want to have, it might be, a, I mean, if it is like a like a Clint Kubiak or, or, or Brian Greasy or, you know, somebody who's coming coming in with a, with a bit more of a modern offense is like, are they going to want to, possibly add a little bit more add another guy or two that maybe wouldn't be there before under like as they had under Randy Fickner or Matt Canada will that OC want to have like a passing game coordinator which is something the Steelers don't have right now right you know do they want to have like certain positions that are then created based off of who the new OC is that I think is something that is also um gonna help you know kind of put together what the staff is going to look like last or next year um, but again, we are still four games away from that. We, we don't know. I know I'm excited to start writing about what this coaching staff is going to look like, the, who the candidates might be for OC, who I think should be OC, um, going in. I think that's going to be fun, but as of right now, yeah, it's still, it's still playoff time right now. <laughs> right. Right. Steal the girl early to wait asks, you probably touched on this already, Corey, but how's the vibe in the locker room? I, I could go day by day on this and say like Friday going in, it was very quiet. Now it depends on the day you, you think of because you know, there's ebbs and flows and um, you know, players come in and out for treatment. There's different means, I guess, to get into that locker room as far as the players are concerned. But like overall, I think the mood of the locker room is one that's like in process of thought. Like, there's not, like, a buzz like you would think because, of course, they just lost two really damning games in a row. There's not a sense of defeat, per se, when it mean, what I mean by that is, like, nobody's pointing fingers, nobody's arguing, nobody's starting anything, instigating anything. There's no, like, 
sadness either. There's, there's, there was a period, I think, earlier this week of acceptance and of they got to move on from what just happened. And they have to find a way to regroup because once they get back into work on Tuesday, it's, it's go time. It's game time. They got to get ready for the Colts. Now, I think it's clear just from conversations and just from hearing people, you know, players talk about it, like they're frustrated. They want to know what's going on. They want to know how they could fix this. Mm-hmm. They're trying to fix this as best as they can. But, you know, you can't put you can't put a Ferrari engine in a Ford, if that makes sense. <laughs> you just can't. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you want this offense to produce 35 points a game, you know, 28 points a game. It's just not possible. Yeah. It's not possible with with the system. It's not possible as the roster structured right now. It's very evident that it's not. Now, maybe a new offensive coordinator comes in with similar personnel and it works in a better fashion. But there's clearly limitations going on, which is why Najee Harris said what he said after the Browns game before Matt Canada was fired. There's clearly limitations, which is why Jalen Moore and, and Deontay Johnson both said they didn't take the Cardinals seriously, or rather they took them lightly. Maybe they took them lightly. Yeah. Like there's clearly limitations to what this team can do. And they're fighting through that right now. Like this isn't a locker room that's, um, obviously they're excited for opportunity, but they're not happy with what's going on right now. Who would be, you know, I, I yeah. think there's frustrations. It's, it's bubbling frustrations, but it's nothing that's going to be so over the top that, you know, if they lose this game, they're not going to start pointing fingers and throwing darts, so to speak at the next guy, you know, the guy next to them. Yeah. Um, Mike asked, asked me, uh, you know, he said, you know, said this is going to piss you off, Chris, but the Tomlin bring in floors to help the team or to help his longtime friend. Um, I, I that doesn't piss me off at all. Um, but no, that was a situation in which, um, you, you have a guy who was a former head coach that is pretty much being, you know, he's not being hired because of the situation he had, you know, with, with the, you know, the lawsuit he had against multiple uh, NFL teams. And Mike Tomlin looked at it as that's a former head coach that's available to be hired. And if nobody wants to hire him, I will take him. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. It really is that simple. Um, and say what you will about Mike Tomlin. Uh, he is not without his criticism. He's not, or he's not without, um, you know, his flaws and, and definitely is, is worthy of criticism, uh, you know, in certain areas. Um, the dude does care very, very much about coaching and there is no denying that. If you ever have a conversation with Mike Tomlin, um, you ask one question to him about coaching, he will go on and on and on and on about it because he just cares that much about it now. Uh, he cares about fostering coaches. He cares about, and it's not just about coaches like under him, like in his regime. It's just about coaching in general. He knew that whenever he hired Brian Flores, that he was probably not going to be there for more than a year because some other team was going to offer him a, a a larger role, you know, elsewhere, which is exactly what happened. Uh, he got, you know, offered the defensive coordinator position with Minnesota and, and Flores took it. Yep. Now, obviously, and it's in the comments here, there's a lot of questions of why didn't he just fire Tara Lawson and make him make Flores his own defensive coordinator? Now, that's a completely different question. And, you know, as of right now, it sure does look like that Brian Flores would be a better option at defensive coordinator than than Tara Lawson. But that's a completely different conversation. Um, 
So yeah, that, that situation was completely of, I have a, I have, I mean, and, and not only Tomlin, but just about everybody on the South side knew that Flores was way overqualified for the position he was in. Of course. Of course. Keep in mind, Brian Flores was going through a lawsuit as well. The NFL. Yeah. I mentioned obviously with obviously what happened in Miami. So the dolphins, the giants, I don't want to say there was another team too. that He had a lawsuit against. I believe there were three teams. Yeah. I don't know um, who the third team was, but yeah. Okay, on a foot on a football Friday, as we always do, it's time to get picks in. Let's get them in the chat. Ooh. We'll put them on the screen. I will go first. It is so hard after what I just saw the last two games to think that the Steelers are going to win this football game. Like it's like I want to find parts to be positive about. Yeah. I want to find ways that the Colts are deficient and the Steelers can beat them in. I want to say that Mitch Trubisky can have it all figured out. I want to say that the running game is going to be all figured out. I want to say that TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith are 100% and things will be fine. I can't sit here and say that in this moment. I'm going to say like 22 to 13 Colts in this. I I think the Colts win this. I think the Colts and Shane Steichen, I think they have something good going right now. Mm -hmm. I think that even with Gardner Minshew, even without Jonathan Taylor, like if Ezekiel Elliott, just went for 140 all-purpose yards. A guy that's been on the shelf all year, belly and all, at 28 years old, you know, the, the former Cowboy running back. Like, what could Zach Moss and Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce do? Mm-hmm. What could that what could, what could that um, that Colts core do to expose what the Steelers have not been able to do against the, the Cardinals and the Patriots? I, I don't know. I don't think – the Steelers are going to be able to, to rebound from this. I'm going to pick the Colts to win this 22, like 22, 13, I think is the final. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I, I, I do keep kind of going back and forth on this one. And, and even then right now, I don't even have, I don't have a winner in my head as of right now. So I'm going to try to talk my way into it. Um, the, in terms of what the matchup looks like on paper, on paper, the Steelers should win this game. They can run the ball against this defense. And like I, you know, I mentioned before, if the Steelers find a way to get Trubisky to get the ball out quickly, he should be good enough to move the ball down the field. And again, when you have a guy such as Chris Boswell, um, that shortens the field for you in terms of just getting points. Now, obviously you don't want to settle for field goals. You want to get touchdowns. Um, I don't trust this offense in the red zone. So I do think the Steelers are limited to maybe a touchdown, uh, in this game. Um, and then maybe they can add on two or three field goals. Um, I, I, I don't have a lot of faith in this, you know, either. I think Gardner Minshew is actually a pretty quality quarterback and he is definitely overachieving in Shane Steichen's system, but that's what, having an offensive coach does, you know, usually it's what a good system it, does. Yeah. It's what a good system does. And, and just, and just like we've seen some, some defenses overachieve with Mike Tomlin, we have all, we, we can see, you know, and, and I'm not just using Mike Tomlin. Isn't the only, you know, exception there, you know, other, you know, defensive coaches, defensive minded coaches. We've seen some defenses overachieve, I think based off of what they have in terms of personnel and what's on the roster, um, you see certain offenses continue to be good 
and continue to be able to be executed regardless of who's a quarterback whenever you have coaches such as Shane Steichen and Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid and all these other offensive-minded coaches. So, historically, the Steelers have the massive advantage. I think they're like 21-6 and six against the Colts or something yeah, it's, stupid. It's, it, it, it's, big, yeah. it's ridiculous. On paper, I think the Steelers are better. However, I am now at a point where I am... I I I need you to prove it to me. I'm okay with taking an L on this one if the if I say the Colts are going to win this game and the Steelers prove me wrong. Uh that's what that's kind of where I'm at right now because I and if they can't get it done this week when they had a mini buy to try to get you know use those extra couple days to get some crap figured out, then they're not going to get this figured out. So I can't put a lot of faith in it. I'm going to say the Colts are going to win this one 20 to 16. There you go. Uh, Rick, Michael Walker is not going to play fewer than 10 snaps. I guarantee that. Uh, he's going to play a lot. I do believe, you can't, I do believe Mike Walker is going to play a lot. You can't. You can't. I mean, as much as you don't want to see guys play, you know, certain snaps, the Steelers aren't in a, <laughs> aren't in a situation where they can. Nope. Can't pick and choose that. No, not that position. This a lot what, of other positions you can, not that one. This is what it's down to. Now, it's important to note they just elevated Kyron Johnson uh, to the active roster. So I'm expecting that to be more of a special teams move. Yeah. Um, more than anything else, they need they need help with special teams. Which also uh, means Miles Jack's not playing. Right. Miles because, Jack will not be elevated. Yeah, yeah, because if he's not elevated, then he's not getting a hat. So Right. Um, okay, so Alex Highsmith was taken out of the concussion protocol mm-hmm. like at the very last minute of our show yesterday. Yep. So he's expected to play. TJ Watts cleared to play. Isaac Samalo, as of right now, is the only questionable, but he told me yesterday that he is expecting to play. So everybody besides Kenny Pickett appears to be accounted for as of right now for the Steelers. Colts are missing Jonathan Taylor. And uh, did they have an offensive tackle out as well? I yes, they do. Yeah, they're head. right. They're Smith, right. I think it is. Yeah, they're right tackles out. Right. Um, so, and then they have uh, somebody else who's questionable. The linebacker. It's not Zaire Franklin, though. Or EJ no. Speed. Uh, yeah, it's, or EJ um, speed for that matter. yeah. And I, th- and I think it was a situation where it doesn't look good. Like, like I, I would be surprised if he played based off of what happened in practice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, a Luby, I think his name is. Sounds right. Yeah. He popped up on uh Wednesday's report as limited. So that means he got injured in that. And then he didn't practice Thursday. Gotcha. Oh no, no, he's out. He's been uh, downgraded to out. Okay. So he's, Yep, he's out. So that's three Colts that are out. But he's primarily a special teams guy, so it's not a – yeah. All right, William believes. Do you believe? (laughs) We will see on Saturday, 4.30 kickoff. We will be in Indianapolis. DK and I will be. We are leaving this evening to get over there. So we will be in the building for that kickoff and for whatever transpires on that field. Big one coming up. Massive playoff implications. Can the Steelers do it? Let's find out. DK and Ramon coming up in just about 28 minutes or so for the the Ramon Foster show. Reminder, you can find us on YouTube on DK Pittsburgh Sports on demand at any time for this program. You can also find us where podcasts are found. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, 24-7. Please like this episode. Please share. Please subscribe. It goes a very long way. And helps Hashtag Elfie. Take your, elf, take your elfies, you know, you while you can before Christmas. All right. Well, Chris is going to go be festive. I'm going to go pack. 
He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Chris, and this has been the Southside Beat on a Football Friday. Happy birthday to my friend Taylor, by the way, if she's listening, and I know that she is. Cheers, everybody. Have a good one.